Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. We've been doing some prayer time since the 21 days. In 21 days, we've just been gathering people together in your houses to pray. And we've, man, we've just been seeing some pretty, pretty cool stuff, man. Jake, you were there. Brian, you were there the other night. We're just having fun in the presence of the Lord, man. And I encourage you, uh, right where you are, you can seek him right where you are. And he shows up, doesn't he, guys? Like, I don't know. We just hang out and have fun, then start talking to him. And he starts showing up in really unique ways. And He's just showing us some stuff. This week has been kind of challenging for me. And uh, anybody else feel that a little bit? You just want to encourage somebody to be like, yeah, I felt a little bit of challenging this week. Yeah, a lot of us. It was just challenging. And I've talked to some of y'all about those challenging weeks. And I want to remind us of that word. I really believe that the Lord just showed this to me. For me, I was really thinking about all of my stuff that I was dealing with. And I stopped thinking about, remember when we said like reflect upon him? And he like brought me back to my own words that I've been saying for weeks. And he's like, hey, Jay, remember? I said, oh yeah, I care for you. And I started reflecting on the reality of who he is, that he's this caring father. Do you know he cares about the stuff you're walking through? I don't know why I forgot it, but I felt like my problem was huge. And then when my problem was so big, because it was my focus, he was kind of small. And then I was like, who cares if you care? What could you, what will you do? And I'm telling you, the craziest thing happened when I turned my attention and did exactly what that said, or I just focused my attention and said, okay, you, because you care for me. I don't know, something inside of my soul just like settled down. And I was like, that problem isn't that big. I just invite you right where you're, if you're feeling that, he cares for you. It's just the word. Just receive it. Just let that hit from right here. I know those verses till I received that verse. It's different. I memorized that verse a lot. He cares for you. Now let him care for you. Right where you are, would you just ask him to talk to you today? If he's not already, say, talk to me some more. Tell him, what do you need from him? Ask him to show you who he is. Like what he's really about. Father, today, I I pray that we would see you clearer for who you really are, not what we want to make you into being, but who you truly are, like the truth. And Lord, frankly, there's sometimes when I feel like I'm doing better with you, I kind of view you as a little bit more angry with everybody else. And Lord, I just pray that we see you clear, me included, Lord. Thank you for your word. It's truly a lamp to our feet. Guide us now and walk us where we need to go in Jesus' name. Amen. So a couple things about this message today. I want to talk about like, hey, who is Midtown? What are we about? But I think the message that I think was put together, it kind of teaches the message. Uh, Part of this message was given to me by Pastor Brad. Pastor Brad sent me, you sent me this article and it like spoke to me. I was like, that's amazing. And then Bree, my sister-in-law sent me something and it was amazing. And my prayer time with y'all I feel like the Lord was just speaking through all these people and he was just saying so much stuff and I just brought it together and then we're gonna see what he says to us, okay? But it was so cool. So recently, Brad uh, and Beth took us to Israel and it was like one of the greatest honors. Like, thank you guys. I wanna honor y'all. Like, thank you, man. Thank y'all are amazing. Helped us go and uh, found money to help us go because we can't do that for sure. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Beth. And many of y'all who gave to see that happen. But he sent me this article 
And in Israel, I've learned so many things. Like, I feel like the Bible just got painted into color. But this picture is a picture of a very particular stone that was found in Jerusalem. And as I was thinking about our verses last week and how Peter spoke that we're this royal priesthood, a holy nation, and I started thinking about how this applies to us even today. I want to build on it a little bit more. But y'all have heard this story, and I've referred to it several times, about how when Peter denies Jesus, Jesus has already prepped him for this denial. And he says, hey, Peter, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me. And in this theological like paper dissertation that was sent to me, this dissertation actually talks about in Jerusalem, according to like Jewish law, they weren't allowed to raise chickens in Jerusalem. Did you know that? Not actually allowed to do that. And so they state the case. They're like, all right, well, if you couldn't raise chickens, is it probable that that rooster crowing would be an actual chicken? Interesting thought. In the uh, in, the Mish- in the Mishnah, the earliest compilation of rabbinic oracle law states that roosters, chickens, may not be raised in Jerusalem due to purity concerns. The Greek term elector, which means cock or rooster, can also mean man or husband. Thus, one can read the Greek of the gospel as a man will not cry out today before you deny me three times that you know me. What does that even mean? So somebody's just going to holler out in the middle of the morning, like, all right, hold on. And this goes on to actually say that the ancient Jewish sources offer a solution to this. In describing the activities that went on in Jerusalem, the temple, the Mishnah, references a specific time in the early morning. He that was minded to clean the altars of the ashes rose up early and immersed himself before the office came. At what time did he come? Not always at the same time. Sometimes he came at a cock crow and sometimes a little sooner or later. This is in the Mishnah. So it's describing that in the morning a cock would crow. So what does that mean? but it would alert somebody to come in and clean the ashes from the altar of the day before. The cock crow refers to a time early in the morning, listen to this, when the priests began to prepare the temple for the daily visitors. Every day they used to remove the ashes from off the altar at cock crow or near to it, either before it or after. And it does not mean a rooster crow, but rather a blast from a trumpet at the temple that announced the time. At cock crow, they would blow a sustained and a quavering and another sustained blast. In other words, the cock crow refers to a time early in the morning when a trumpet would signal the beginning of the day of work in the temple. Now think about this. The passage I read last week that Peter said, you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. I started thinking about how he would experience that failure every single day of his life after Jesus dies. He would be reminded of his mistake every single day if this be true. Boom, temple's open. I'm not even worthy to go in that place. That replay every single morning. Maybe some of y'all deal with that and you felt like, I don't even belong in church today. You ever hear that? I can't show up with those people. It's like replaying. I don't belong there. But when Jesus shows up to a guy named Peter in his lowest state and speaks a different word, that trumpet blast was no longer a reminder of failure, but of faithfulness. Transformed. And then he gives us a word in 1 Peter that says, hey guys, we're a royal priesthood. I'm on duty, baby. I know who saved my soul. I know who's called me to himself. I know who wasn't done with me because when Jesus says, before the rooster crows, you're gonna deny me. But hey, listen, 
Katrina, you spoke this in our huddle out there earlier. But listen, listen, listen. When this happens, stand up and be encouraged and go strengthen your brothers. This is going to happen, but I'm not done with you. I got work for you when this is done. So I, I pray that whatever maybe is rolling through our minds of the thing that is your failure, I pray today it will be transformed as we see Christ for who he really is, that it would transform from a failure to a proof of God's faithfulness. And he says, I'm not done with you. I've got work for you. I'm faithful even when you're faithless. That's word. Boy, I don't want to believe that sometimes, to be honest with you. I don't feel right to believe that. I probably seem a little bit clearer. Brad, thanks, man. So he writes in 1 Peter 2, 5, you yourselves, you yourselves, listen, listen, you yourself, you. Anybody hearing that today? I don't belong. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Me and you. To offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. How? Through Jesus Christ. Hey guys, it's not on us. It's on him. I pray that's relief. He's faithful when I'm faithless. So this builds into, so who are we? And what are we about? I feel like when I started this church uh, with Genevieve and Ryan and TC and Danielle, um, I felt a lot like Peter. And I drew a, a commitment of what it would be like to be a part of this church. And some of y'all have seen it, maybe some of y'all haven't, but here's, here's my commitment to, to be a part of Midtown. This is our commitment to be a part of Midtown. Uh, I, I drew this because... Honestly, if, I, if I'm really honest, I worked in the church and I was like, I know a better way. This is way better. <laughs> I know a lot. And this drawing continues to be even more true in my personal life because the more I do it, the more questions I have. Just be honest. I've got a lot more questions. I just have a lot of questions. But when you want to step in and join Midtown. People say, is it biblical to join? I, I, I believe it's biblical to be a part of a body in a specific place. We say, well, should we call it anything? I, I don't know what we should call it. We call this one Midtown. But in the book of Revelation, you know, there was a church in Thyatira. There was a church in Thessalonica. But they definitely had different names and they were identified by the place in which they gathered. So I would say, like, we're the church at... 9929 Cheryl Boulevard at 4 p.m., you know? It's the one that gathers there. And when they gather, they show up and they become this like body. And the commitment we have is that we would commit to having the mind of Christ, the heart of love, and move in faith. This is our commitment. Because here's what happens when we commit to these things, like when my mind is transformed to be Christ, the way Christ was thinking about others, all of a sudden I start thinking like Jesus. I start feeling the things that Jesus feels and I start moving the way that Jesus moves. Guess what people experience when that takes place? Jesus. I pray that everyone who comes in this place experiences the real Jesus. And you don't just experience Jesus through a guy on a platform. You experience Jesus, yes, from the message, from the music, from the people who offer coffee, to the people who walk with children. Jesus is all over the place. It looks a little different because each one of us are filled with Jesus and Jesus is manifesting a little bit different. We're all a little different. Praise the Lord. But do you know Jesus actually prayed for you and me at the end of his ministry? And this concept that we would be gathering one day, he prayed for you and me. He prayed for us in John chapter 17. And this is what he said, verse 18 and 21. 
He says, just as you sent me, and this is Jesus praying to his father, just as you sent me into the world, I'm sending them into the world. Listen, listen, don't miss it. Father, just as you sent me into the world, I'm sending them into the world. Did Jesus get sent with purpose? Yep, he had a very specific purpose and call. So, Father, just as you sent me with purpose and calling, I send them with purpose and calling. Did you ever, you ever receive that for yourself? Just as Jesus was sent into the world, you are sent into the world. Hold on. Jay, he may not be really talking to me. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be what? Made holy by your truth. So they can be set apart. We're not set apart on our own efforts. Jesus did work to set us apart. And if we believe upon his work for our life, you have been set apart for the work that he was called to because our lives have joined with his life and his life gets joined in our life. I'm about to get there. He says, I'm praying not for these disciples only, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. He prayed for me. Jesus prayed for you. Everybody who would ever believe. I'm praying this for them. Just as I was sent into the world, I'm sending them into the world. Oh, maybe think about this for a second. But what would hold you back today from believing that being true for you? Is there anything that... play over in your mind? That mattered right there. Mattered to me too. I pray where he says, but also for those who ever believe me through their message. I pray. Here's what he prayed for us. He said, I pray that they will all be one. Just as, here's how, as you and I are one. How we're so connected. How we're so intertwined with one another. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that, everybody say, so that, so that the world will believe you sent me. I've heard a lot of ways that we're going to reach the world. This is how Jesus said it would happen. That they would be one. Just as I'm in you, Father, and you're in me, may they be in us. Then the world will know that I am the truth. Because my life at that point will be shining through their lives that they choose. People will begin to see Jesus. The early church uh, called them the Christian. You see that term actually used in the book of Acts. That is an early word for Christian, but the word literally means little Christ. And the first time that was ever like referred to the people in the book really is in Antioch. And in Antioch is actually a super segregated city. Everything was walled off in this city. And it was like uh, segregated to people types and beliefs and different like socioeconomic. It was just segregated off by walls. Well, a lot like uh, the city of Chicago, actually. And here's a map of Chicago based upon different types of people. This is in the year of 2000. Do you know that? 2010. In 2010... Here's where the people groups lived in the city of Chicago. The woke, what are the wokest cities? <laughs> Most segregated thing. When I saw this, I was like, oh my goodness, that is wild. But do you know why it's so important that in Antioch, these people were called Christians? Because they were little Jesus. You see, Jesus was like, unifying Samaria and the Jews. Jesus was breaking all cultural norms. 
He was uniting peoples all over the world and bringing them to himself. He was breaking down the walls of division and calling for unity like never before. He was leveling the playing field. And they were calling them Christians because they were unlike anything in that place. We don't even got a name for you. We've got a name. We got to make something up. Little Christs. Christians. And it revolutionized. The book of Acts says it was, they were turning the world upside down. I pray that the Lord gives us the grace to do that in this town. And I believe that he's actually invited us if we will say, yes, revival is yours. I don't believe he's stingy. I believe he's so generous. He's already laid the plan out and it's ours to say yes or no. Many will say no. Some say yes. And the some turn the world upside down. The some experience Jesus. And the some reflect Jesus. And listen, some love Jesus and some hate Jesus. Prepare yourself. (laughs) But it's ours to say yes or no. So, in thinking about this, this idea, we wrote a vision statement for the church and the vision statement for the church just simply is that we are a part of a kingdom movement growing together by loving God and loving the world. And I broke down, when we wrote this, it was like so, I mean, we sat for hours to think of this stinking sentence. Have you ever tried to boil things down to a sentence? It is insane and so hard. And I'm not even saying we got it all nailed down and this is like the creed of life and everything is in this. And I'm not saying that, okay? I got questions, okay? But I want to explain this. I, I believe we wrote, we are a part of, very important, We have not cornered the kingdom. We reflect kingdom. We advance kingdom at 9929 Sherrill Boulevard at 4 p.m. on Sundays here together. And then in life group, we all go to different neighborhoods and we see kingdom advance where we are. We all go to different jobs. Perfect. We all have a different sphere of influence. That's why I love this room. It's amazing. Some of y'all got a lot of money. Some of y'all got littler money. Some of y'all work hard jobs. Some of y'all have got CEO jobs. Praise the Lord. There's enough people in this room to say yes and turn the world upside down. 12 did it. We got a lot more than 12. Lord, what do you want to do with a lot more than even people that were in the upper room? Hey, that was within a year. What would it look like What if there was like no ego in it? What if we were like cheering for Faith Promise? What if we were cheering for Cedar Spring? What if I'm cheering for North Star? What if I'm cheering for my neighbor who goes to a different church and I'm trying to beg him to come to mine? I just want to cheer, man. I want to cheer them on because they're a part of a, may they be one as me and you are one. That's my brothers and sisters down the street. Praise the Lord for them. Hey, I can't be down there. Jesus is showing off at Cedar Springs. Jesus is showing off at Fellowship. Jesus is showing off at Faith Promise. Jesus is showing off in the house churches. Come on. And Jesus is going to show off here. Come on. I'm a part of it. Let's go. I don't got to be in competition. I'm to celebrate them. Let's celebrate. Let's be people who celebrate each other. I see all the posts on, like, where should I go to church? I'm looking for the, man, there are some amazing ones. I list them. Every single one except this one. Go to them all. I don't care. But church is not about us. If you really get it, if you really get it, it's not about you. And here's the deal. If you're here looking for something for you, I welcome you because you need that. We're here for you. But you will grow to a place, if you've sat here for years, this isn't about you. It's not about what you like. It's about us stepping into actually manifesting Christ himself. He threw off his own divinity and laid down his life for you. He kept divinity, you know what I mean? But he laid down his life. He like counted it as loss for me and you. I'm coming to church in the same way because I'm going to be, hey, 
You think I come here for me? You think I come? I come for you. And you know what it does in turn for me? Really blesses me. Y'all bless me so much. Doing this work becomes a blessing for me. I'm not showing up for me. I would invite you into that kind of like ministry life. It'll transform everything. If you come to church to be Jesus, just to show him off. And when you go to work, go to work for Jesus, with Jesus, to show Jesus off. Transform your whole life. Go like Christ came because that's exactly what he prayed you would be. In the same way, listen, in the same way that he was sent, I send you. We receive it, right? So we're a part of, not the fruition of it, we're a part of it. I'm gonna celebrate the thing, but we're a part. We are a part of it. We're a part of a kingdom movement. Oh my goodness, okay, I gotta get going. I might skip through some stuff. But the kingdom of God, the, word, the phrase is used 68 times. The kingdom of heaven is used 32 times. And it's actually referenced together. They go together. But so 100 times, Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. And we are a part of the king's domain is what a kingdom is. This kingdom has a king. The king makes the rules. Jesus' kingdom like flipped the rules of the world upside down. And he said, hey, the lady who gave the penny, she gave more than everybody. Why? Because she gave all she had. It was like a very different view. People looked at her as if, oh, you are cursed because you can't give God what so-and-so can give God. You are less. Jesus said, that person's more. So do you feel like maybe you don't have enough to give to God because you don't have what so-and-so has to give to him? Give what you have faithfully. Jesus said, that woman who had nothing, who gave two widow's mites, and I went to Jerusalem, it is the tiniest little, gave two little tiny things, gave more than everybody else. God saw what she gave. God saw the deeper things. And we look on the outward, so God looks on the inward. We're a part of a kingdom movement. We operate in kingdom rules. So we will discover this year more about those kingdom rules, but they are far different than the ways of this world. And they elevate people oftentimes that are pushed down. And they humble people that are often raised up in the kingdom of God. The rules often are switched. But we're part of a kingdom movement growing together. Guys, I just wanna have like freedom to say, hey guys, we're gonna grow together. You don't gotta have it together. We're going to grow together. Would you give grace and space for growth? Grace and space for growth for yourself and the person sitting near you. Would you just go ahead and do that in your own mind? Like give your space, yourself space to grow and look around. Give them space to grow with you. We're in process together. And can you just look at me and be like, you too, okay? Give me space to grow with you, okay? I don't have it all together. I'm learning with you. But let's learn together as we follow the king. And if you see something that isn't about the king, you come and talk to me. Wide open, because I'm coming to talk to you, okay? Perfect. <laughs> Growing together. And here's how we're going to grow together. We're going to do a couple things that Jesus said to do. We're going to love God. And we're going to love this world the way he did. But love, loving God starts with something. You got to receive the fact that God has loved you first. You cannot love God unless he has loved you. And listen, he loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. He loves you. Receive that. This prayer he prayed was for you. I pray just as I was sent that they would be sent. You. And if you can receive that fact that he has loved you, then you will be able to step into the realities of loving him in response. And then as you respond to loving him, 
you will love them. All of it works in like a cyclical way. I believe this is all captured in this idea in Galatians chapter 6. In Galatians chapter 6, he gives like a kind of a sweeping statement. But he says, share each other's burdens and in this way, obey the law of Christ. Another word is to fulfill the law of Christ. Share each other's burdens and this way, basically, you will obey everything that Christ commanded you to do. Let's sit there for a second. If I bear with each other, if I bear life with you, I would fulfill what God desired to happen in my life. I need to like dig into that for a second. And this past year, guys, I learned that this verse, I believe, is so much deeper and so much more substantial than I ever thought it was. I got a call to go sit with a pastor who honestly, like, I don't know what was going on, but he called me up and he was like, hey, man, can I meet with you? And I'm like, me? <laughs> you want to meet with me? Yeah, yeah, can, can we just get together? And he was like, sat down, he sat at coffee. And you know when you sit across from somebody, you can like feel the, you can just feel, I, I don't know, any feelers in the room, like you feel the something. And I don't even know what it is, but I'm like, this is like serious. And he like had bags in his eyes and his face was like a little bit pale, like he hadn't left the house in a long time, you know? You know, right? You get it with me? Thank you. Okay. All right. So I'm sitting at this table and I look across from him and it takes like an hour. And I'm like, he's like talking, just chatting. And I'm like, hey man, what's up? You good? And he's like, man, I, I just going to be honest with somebody, man. He's like, I, I've had these terrible thoughts. I, I've been wanting to literally run my car off a road into a pole. And I'm like, what? He's got three kids under the age of high school, like little kids. And he's like, I just want to die, man. And I, I'm like waking up and I want to die. And I don't know what to do with it. And the dude is like a pastor. I wake up and I want to die. I want to kill myself. And I can't get these thoughts out of my mind. And I'm like, daggone, that's crazy. <laughs> Thinking that, I just say it, you know, I'm like, shoot, oh, bold move. Like you called me up. Like, and then like, I come back in my senses. I'm like, okay. And I'm, I'm acting calm and I'm like, all right, Lord, what do you want to say to this man? He said, I want you to bring him to me. Like, all right. So what comes into my mind. I'm just telling you what comes into my mind. I want you to bring him to me. I'm like, I don't even know what that fully means. And so we talk for a long time and I start telling him some stuff I'm experiencing. I'm saying, hey, can I just like, can you take my hand? And I just, I think I'm supposed to take you to him. I don't even know what it means. Holds my hand. And I start praying. I don't remember what I prayed, but it was last year. I started praying. And he looks up to me and goes, man, I feel a lot better. Thank you. And the craziest thing happened, man. I left. I go home. And on my way home, I started just like feeling just like icky. Like I'm like, I don't, I feel bad, man. And I'm like kind of like a, I'm usually like a kind of like an even keel person. Like I just got, no, I don't really, I'm not anxious, dude. I just don't care a lot probably my fault on the other side. And for days, guys, I started, it started going worse and worse. And I started thinking, man, like, I think I don't, I don't like how I'm feeling to the point where, like, I think I want to die. I think I don't like my life. And I'm like, why am I feeling like nothing is wrong at home? I don't have any pains or problems. I just don't like my life. And it would be better if I was not here. I kept here, and I called my dearest friend. He's one of the guys that we, we church plant with in East Knoxville. His name is Andrew Osakwe, and I called Andrew, and I'm telling him, he's like, tell me about what's been going on. And I was like, bro, last thing I happened, I'm sitting at this table with this guy. He's telling me this stuff. I pray for him, and I talked to him two days later, and the guy was like, bro, I haven't like, experienced like, healing like that ever, and I, it hasn't come back. I'm fine. That's what he told me two days later. I'm like, praise the Lord. But then I told him, I said, but man, I want to kill myself. Like, I don't even like me, and I don't know why. And he said, sounds like you bore somebody's burden. I was like, is that possible? Like, to take it? 
And then to go like, Lord, I think you did this often with people and you would take it. I even think about like how he was like, power left me when this woman touched me by faith. I'm like, I don't understand. You had a feeling that power left? I don't know. I got questions. And then, Father, just as you send me, I send them. The things you've seen me do, you'll do these in greater. You'll do these in greater. Like, you'll be a part of the things that I was a part of. I have questions for all of it. But right then, when he told me this story, and I was, I'm like, okay, what do I do with the feeling? Lord, I give you this thing because I can't carry it. It's not mine to carry. It was mine to give to you because you can carry all that I can't. I know I can't. This man knew he couldn't, so he called me. He got relief. I got it, but Lord, I give it to you. And you know what? Didn't come back. That instant. Past year, two, two weeks later, here's how I started learning it again. I got a call that somebody's possessed. An MS-13 gang member, they're possessed at some rehab thing down at East Knoxville. And I don't know how the heck Chuck's here. Chuck called me. Chuck's like, you want to go with me? And I'm like, let's go, baby. Go down there, start talking to this guy, see the Lord do some cool stuff. And at the end of this time, here's what happened. I'm walking this guy through some stuff and I grab his hands and I'm like, well, all right, I'm at the end of this. We've seen cool healing in this guy's life. It's amazing. Little kid, man, young kid. And all I know, if Chuck was here, I'd have him tell this story. When I grab his hands, guys, like, all I know is that some, I had an experience holding his hands and praying with him where the most awful it was like I didn't see things happen to my body, but the sadness of the result of what happened came to me. And I've never, I've never wailed, wailed. In the moment, like, I know everybody thought I was crazy. I wailed because what, what came into my heart, it was like I felt his sadness and it was unbearable. And I would have, I don't know, I would be exactly in his shoes and far worse if I was feeling what he felt. Something came to me and I began to wail. And I, I, I was on my knees, like right in front of him like this. And I, I couldn't even see anymore. And I couldn't speak. And I was like, I've never wailed. And I'm like drooling, I'm wailing, like I'm screaming. And I put my head on his lap. And all I felt was his hand comfort me and then he put his head on top of my head. He like comforted me because I think he, in that moment, he knew what happened. I don't know and I don't understand what it's like to bear someone's burdens. I don't, I'm learning. I don't get it. There is something like strange that I think the Lord is showing me that there's more than just being like, step into somebody's life and like deal with the problems they're dealing with. Like there is a component where we get to steward the presence of Jesus. Would you receive that for yourself? Like for yourself. And if not, then just answer the question, why, maybe write that down, let's process that together. Why that's not for me? And if it is word, like this is maybe our calling, share each other's burdens and in this way, obey Christ. He goes on to say, if you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. <laughs> If you think this isn't your call, go back. Pay careful attention to your own work. For then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are each other responsible for our own conduct. Here's where the problem hits. When you begin to bear with someone their burden and they don't do what you think they should do with your bearing, 
then you become overbearing or you bear back down on or then you elevate yourself. Think, think, think. If all I consider my job to, to do is to bear with you, I will do just fine. Discouragement stays pretty far away. I'm responsible for my own. The word is literally backpack, like my own burden, my backpack. I will carry this backpack. My backpack is to walk with your backpack. That is mine. And it becomes a great joy because I'm not responsible for what you do with it. I'm responsible to show up for you where you are. I got a video for you guys. It is Christ's hands that I believe like is how we hug. Our face is like Christ's emotion that can show someone who's telling us a really hard story. That's really hard and it's not okay. Our face can actually be part of his body toward other people. I think our feet are what take us, take the presence of God with us to all these different places. I think our mouths, of course, speak the truth. The church is the body of Christ. And I don't think I've ever experienced it like I have in the days after my husband went to heaven. I didn't sleep. My sister knew, a few friends caught wind of it. And my friend Mandy, a couple nights in, went to the Lord and said, God, can I take some of it? Which makes me wonder, like, when we like cry with someone, does that actually take some of it? Does it? I think it does. She told the Lord, like, can I just somehow take a portion of this? And she was just kind of lamenting on my behalf. The next morning, I went to my sister and I said, Kim, I slept. And she burst into tears and she's like, you slept because Mandy didn't. And I think that's it. That's the body of Christ. If someone's saying you need sleep, now I'm going to go to God and carry your lament so that for a night you don't have to. I don't know if I was ever willing to acknowledge my need for it because I think I thought independence was a virtue. <laughs> oh, man, there's some really weird pride in not needing anything or anyone. But the thing is, I think that we all think that that's the goal. And now what I'm realizing is not only is community good for me, it's my need being met in others. I think it actually brings out the best in them. When you start thinking about it, you put all this together, when I saw that video, Bree sent it to me, and I was like, that's crazy. I like wrote this whole thing. She sent it to me like yesterday. And I'm like, it's wild. Like it all kind of ties together and it makes sense. And I'm like, And I wonder sometimes, I'm like, those random thoughts of like inspiration that Brie got, did she know that maybe the Lord was like speaking something for you? Or she didn't dismiss it as if it was like, this is just a me thing. Maybe it's a God thing. And this mentality, when I read the book, it like transformed their whole community because then they begin to share everything they had. Everything was in common because guess what, Jay? Your stuff is my stuff. That is just crazy. Hold on. Hey, Jay, all I have is from my dad and you're my brother. In fact, like you are me and we are with him and we're all together in that. So like I have nothing and it's all his. So Jay, you need anything? It's not mine anyways. You got it. I'm like challenged. But that transformed the known world because it was otherworldly. It wasn't even normal. Can you imagine the relief that would be, guys? Can you imagine what it would be like if this whole room was like, that's what I would give my life for. In the same way that Jesus laid down his life for me, I will give my life away for others to know the life I've received. Can you imagine it? Tomorrow I'm waking up to show off Jesus. As he was sent, I'm sent. Can you imagine what that would be like? To wake up tomorrow like that. You're invited. Officially invited. 
Would you say yes? And as you need help along the way, don't hold it to yourself. Call anybody in the room who said yes too. They've got what you need. You're not alone. And in fact, you're a part of it. You're not the fruition of it. So in fact, we might need one another for it. What if we said yes? I'd be very fascinated with what would happen in Knoxville. We preach a lot. We don't need a lot more preaching. We need a lot more yes. Will we give a yes? I don't even want to preach anymore. I wouldn't have so many God stories. We don't have time to preach. I got to tell you what Jesus is doing. Oh, let me tell you about it. In fact, so-and-so's here because they saw it. Come on, tell them. I don't even need to tell my story because they're all here. Think about what it looks like. It looks like the book. I want that. And not just for like results sake. I could care less. Guys, I experienced Jesus. I want them to know Jesus. And if you come in here, I pray, I pray you hear this with grace. If you come in here and you experience the warm and fuzzy, I promise you it is not Jay Smith. It is the fire of the living God. Attribute the word to what it is. I don't have that. If you're stirred, it's because the presence of God, Jesus has nothing to do with it. He was a boring to himself person before Jesus shows up in his life. So if you're touched, hey, Jay's a gifted. No, <laughs> you know who touched my soul. I'm in it with you. Would you give it a yes? Oh, no, no, no. If you give it a yes, Jesus said, if you want to give that yes, leave behind everything. Lose your life for my sake and you'll find what you were looking for. Lose your life for my sake. That means leave everything behind. Everything. Would you leave everything? And then let him lead you to what that means. The willingness to say nothing, whatever you want to do, all I have is yours. Could we just have a prayer time now? And and here's what I want to say as you're praying. If you're saying, Jay, what you've just said feels like a deep burden to me and I can't handle another burden. And if I give a no today, I don't know if I'll be able to stand it. I just want you to know that we're here to lift the burden for you. And if that's you, I would love for you to come and we want to bear burdens with you. We wanna pray. We wanna come around you. And if you need help understanding that, I invite you to let me experience the blessing in my life of being who Jesus called me to be. Do me a service in this moment and let me be a part of bearing with you. And if you're in this room today and you would say, man, I would bear with them. If you would, if you need to move, I invite you to come and we just wanna bear with burdens. We just wanna bear with you. If you're struggling, burden, whatever it is. If today maybe you heard this word loud and clear, just as I was sent into the world, I send them. If you would receive his sending today, like you're accepting that and you're saying, that's me. If that's you and you're saying, I, I am, that's me. Would you stand where you are? Would you stand? Step of, that's me. you're standing, would you grab somebody's hand that's standing? I don't know how to do it, but I just, I think it's symbolic. I think let's do that together. If you're standing, grab somebody's hand that's standing. 
But Father, we come to you in the name of your son, Jesus. And I thank you for my brothers and sisters. You see them, this step of faith, just stepping up and saying, it's me. And so, Lord, we receive your prayer over our life. That just as you were sent into this world, you you said, send them. Father, I pray that you would empower my brothers and sisters and my family, my person, my people with me. Lord, empower us with the Holy Spirit, fresh and new for the work that you've called them to. Lord, that our faces would shine. Lord, that our voices would would just sound like you. Lord, that our, our look would be your eyes. Lord, that you would You would heal places in our hearts as we step in for the healing of others, Lord, that there would be a touch in our heart, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would order their steps, and I know you will. This is is your will. We're praying according to your will. They have surrendered their lives to you, that they would be sent by you. So their steps now are ordered by you, God. Order our steps, Father. Send us wherever you want us going tomorrow. Your agenda is ours. Write it, Lord. Our stuff was your stuff. We just realize it now. What do you want to do with it? Send us to Zacchaeus. Send us to the woman at the well. Send us to feed 5,000. Send Nicodemus. Send us to Lazarus. Send us to the man at the tomb. And our rest will not be in our presence, it will be in yours. For you are with us, and your rod and your staff, they will comfort us. You will prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Our cup will surely run over. You have anointed our head with oil, with a great calling. Thank you, Lord. Whatever you want to do, we're trusting you for any results. We're not even looking for that. Whatever you want to do, we're sent by you. Now we receive that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.